0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Rhythm Section, brought to you, as always, by The Mind Refiner. I'm Kyle Vodan. On this episode, Coburn and I are going to talk about King's Disease, the new album by Nas. We're gonna deep dive into the tracks, the features, and how creating one of the best hip hop albums of all time on the first try changes your artistic narrative. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you have time, follow The Mind Refinery on social media. And now, here's the show. All right, here as always to talk about the new Nas joint his fellow host, the legend himself. Put some respect on the name of Coburn Blair. Coburn, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Uh, you know, fantastic. Uh, it's a you know, it's a beautiful day, dog days of summer. Uh, recording this on the twenty-fifth. Uh, Nas's album dropped a few days ago. Um, before we get into the whole uh, you know Nas album. I want, to, I want to ask you about this Pharrell and Jay-Z track that dropped on the same day, which I find somewhat comically hilarious because they seem to keep dropping uh, things at the same time. I don't know if that is planned, but uh, I don't know. I thought the beef was over. Have you heard this Pharrell and Jay-Z track, Entrepreneur, and what do you think of it?
1: I mean, I guess technically I've heard it. Um, I watched the video because I've like, tried to listen to the song by itself, and it wasn't really doing it for me. Uh, I, thought, I thought the video was amazing. I liked how they kind of highlighted all these different uh, creatives, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, like, worldwide. And it was a really cool and uplifting story. Um, and the song is not that good, though.
0: The how good the video is to how terrible the song is ratio for this is... Uh, it's gaping. Uh, I'm, I'm like, is it reggae? Like, I'm not sure. I,
1: I don't like the whole whispering elements that kind of Pharrell's using, like the Ying Yang twins, the Jay-Z verse wasn't bad. I mean, I think when you're expecting a, a collaboration from legends like Pharrell and Jay-Z and like people who have kind of showed us like their capabilities on so many songs before, You know, they've had so many memorable, like, moments in hip-hop. If you want to, like, reference Change Clothes or any of, like, the Neptune's production that Jay-Z was on to go to, like, whatever this was. I don't know. I think, like, maybe as a part of a larger body of work, it could be contextualized a little bit. But I think on its own, it just didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And I don't even know if it's, like, snubbing Nas at that point because it's just, like, I don't know, like... I feel like the song also came and went. I haven't really seen a lot people discuss it outside of like last Friday and and Saturday when it came out.
0: Are we saying that this song is too whack to possibly be any threat to Nas at all?
1: I I think that would be my general consensus, (laughs) right? Like, Like, it's not stealing any thunder from Nas. Nas put out like a full body of work that like, you know, definitely deserves to be talked about. And they put out a video that's like, you know, worth discussion. And and there's also a song too.
0: On that note, there's also a song too. I want to kind of frame this discussion about this, uh, the King's disease, the new Nas album. So Nas' debut Illmatic is arguably the greatest debut in history uh, of hip hop and one of the best in popular music. Uh, Like any artist who drops a classic right off the bat, they often are judged against it for their entire careers. How has the legacy of Illmatic framed how we rate New Nas albums? Does it still loom large? Like, how do you feel about that?
1: I think because of Illmatic's kind of place in the pan- pantheon of, of great hip hop albums, if it's not number one, I mean it's definitely just number one. Is, I don't think there's a, a really second runner up. Um, I think it also what is an also really interesting thing is that Illmatic was like the first kind of major label debut to use a bunch of varying producers and that trend kind of took over hip-hop from the 90s up until maybe the last i don't know six or seven years when artists have kind of started going back to one artist one producer and that's become a new trend and funny enough now i tried that last year or two years ago in 2018 with, with Kanye West and it just didn't work at all and now we're looking at him you know, doing the same thing again, but with hip Boy and it's having very different results.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough when your first, you know, album as DJ Premier, Large Professor, Pete Rock, Q-Tip, you know, like, among others on it. Uh, I think that, uh I think that there's, sometimes I feel like I want the one producer album and other times, you know, you just, like, you can't look at Illmatic and be like, what if it was, pre-? like, you know I mean? It's the, the, it's the it's the kind of combined strength of all the tracks which are produced by other people but still kind of like really mesh well together. Uh, it's, it's really great. I mean, it actually makes me think about if given the chance, I would rather take success down the road uh, or, you know, after a build-up or intense critical claim right off the bat. Because I think that sometimes, like it's good to not have to you know suffer too long as an artist but like this idea of you know when you put something that far you know into the into the pop into the pop music consciousness you know there's this inevitability that you're always going to be it's like a you know it's like a a, an athlete being judged for their best game right off the bat it's like winning a title your first season how the fuck do you
1: Well, yeah, Uh, it makes me wonder too, like, you know, where does this idea of the sophomore slump come into play, right? And I think I tie it in my kind of head and my experience to Nas, but like, you know, other bands have had it, other artists have had it. Like, does he have maybe the most profound one within hip hop? I don't know. I think it's like a hard kind of question. Like, are there great rock acts from your kind of childhood that you would say, like, you know, had this intense sophomore slump after putting out a great body of work?
0: Yeah, I I mean like uh, it it depends on. I'm trying to think of one that I mean. First of all, it would be like, do you think that uh, Nas suffered a sophomore slump? Because I think his second one was it was written, um, and I think that's his best selling album. His best selling album. So it's like one was critically engaged upon and then the other one was you know f- f- lucrative and uh you know and big from a sales point of view and from like a, a a conscious not a consciousness point of view but from a you know just uh mainstream point of view it's tough because i think you have like you know i mean like you have a band like the stone roses for example where you know their first full length is uh you know, s- it's it's there it's it, it's a big part of a, a music scene in manchester but then you know second coming is kind of a downer i i think that it's not just the the first record as well it's the it's the record after the big record is you know i think that following trying to follow up any kind of masterwork like i don't know how i don't know how artists do it um sophomore some guns and roses would be a big one appetite for destruction is uh, by many accounts, it's up there with the greatest debuts of all time as well. You would put it with uh, you would put it with Illmatic, um, and just like its impact on the music scene. But then, like the subsequent records, it just became these like bloated excess where people start to kind of you know where it's 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 a case of an artist kind of buying into their own hype. And then you know the the situation becoming more bloated, and um, you're losing that killer edge that you have when you when you come out of the gate. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean you come out, you have your you know the saying is you have your whole life to write your first album, you know, and then not too long to kind of put your sophomore album out there. I think that's part of it. I think it also depends on what your experience is um, doing it, but it's also like you're trying to compete with your own freshness you know what i mean like you when you're writing a a first album you're not having really you know you're not having too many inhibitions in terms of like what you think is going to be good with your fan base and what is going to like do you have a brand to uphold and are you following your own formula again and will a departure alienate the fan base that you've kind of just put together i think it's the previous work paints impressions. I don't think there's any way you could do it. I also don't think there's any other way you could judge an artist, too. I think it's just one of those things where it's kind of unfortunate if right off the bat, you know, not unfortunate that your record is, your album is amazing, but the fact that you then have to stand in the shadow of it.
1: I, th- I think it's like, it's one of the toughest things ever, too, because you kind of end up chasing this head or chasing, like, this experience and this feeling that people want to recapture, but you can't, Live in the past as an artist, you kind of have to push the envelope forward. And, you know, at some point you might be dragging your fans along with you, like kicking and screaming because they kind of like, hey, like do this again, do this, like bring it back to this, this feeling, this time. And you can't work under those conditions because that's like, it's no way to to sustain a career.
0: It's like an athlete who has like the best playoffs of his life. You know what I mean? To go back to the sports reference, it's like, okay, you've reached the heights, but then it's as if anytime you can't get to those heights, uh, you it, it's almost seen like a failure. And I'm just kind of like, well, that's kind of punishing people for doing well. You know what I mean? It's punishing people for having like that transcendental moment in their lives where everything is going good. You're like MJ in the playoffs, the ball's sinking, everything's coming up, every beat sounds good, everything seems fresh to you and you're vibing off everything i mean like it's hard to bottle you can't bottle that lightning it's 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 really difficult so the fact that he was able to navigate a successful career after you know a record like Illmatic comes out right off the hop, you know, it's impressive, but I think it looms over what he does, especially in the more casual consumers of music that occupy the majority of people who listen to hip hop, uh, who align their, you know, who align their opinions around mainstream acclaim and album sales and stuff. I think that they're going to, they're going to be like, well, it wasn't good as Illmatic. It wasn't as good as this. And that's like the very flippant way of, of saying it. And I think that it absolutely colors, your opinion uh, of work that comes out i try really hard like i feel like when i was younger when you know when Nas albums came out i was always like well i prefer his old stuff you know just saying you know up you know just head up your ass stuff like god's son gets dropped and i'm just like uh ah, this is whack it's not this but then now i'm looking at it now and i'm like ah, i actually really really like this yeah I, so... think, I think a
1: lot of his his old work like i think without like being able to go back like 27, 28 years now to Illmatic and to kind of look at some of the other work he was putting out at the time, like the an I Am or It Was Written, like some of the stuff holds up way better than people kind of gave it credit for. And I think with the amount of pressure and the amount of people saying albums were one way, it kind of colored a lot of people's experience of those albums. So I think having kind of none of that, like, cloud of judgment over and listening back like there's some gems on there I always found it funny though because one of the major criticisms of Nas is that he has a bad ear for beats or doesn't pick the right beats And I'm kind of mm-hmm. I think somewhat the same for a lot of his projects but like to go from Illmatic which I think is some of the best beats at the time
0: made by the best beat makers at the time as well you know what I
1: mean yeah so I, I don't know kind of where he kind of separated himself from that or if he was trying to you know go pop too much down the line but like there's definitely some Nas albums where I'm like yeah this some of these beats are just just awful and like just don't fit what like you know what you should be doing especially for like his stature and, and who he is and what he means to to hip-hop.
0: So what's your initial impression of uh, King's Disease?
1: I I really like King's Disease I thought it was super refreshing I was initially, and we'll get to this later, I was initially, like, put off kind of just by seeing the features on paper um, before I listened to the album. Like, after a few listens, like, I really enjoyed the album, really from top to, top to bottom. I think Nas and Hit Boy like, really worked well together on this. You know, there wasn't anything that kind of really stood out or didn't sound, like, pleasing. And I think it's also, like, it's a 38-minute album, too, which I think is, like, a, good length these days
0: well it's tight i mean that's one thing about it like it's not any of my things that I i i any of the things i don't like about it aren't to do with the album's length or i feel like there should be you know stuff shaved off you know i mean it's more it compared to his other work and like how we are judging that
1: and i think that's like to get an album from a legend and have it not be like bloated or bogged down by like You know, trying to appeal to the youth or trying to sound like the time so much. I kind of like applaud anyone who can kind of do that. And just, you know, he, for the most part, I'd say on this album, kind of remains himself. And it's not really chasing like a modern sound on it, which
0: I I really liked. I mean, my beef with Nas albums in general is cohesion. Um, I mean, his lyrical ability is at the highest caliber in the game. And, you know, that's kind of always going to be the case. But it goes back to this idea of he doesn't maybe necessarily have an ear for beats. You know, this album felt more cohesive than his other offerings. You know, especially his predecessor, uh, Nasir, which we're going to, you know, we're going to get into. You know, the King's Disease theme was cool. The idea of excess paired with, you know, the price you pay in pursuit of an acquisition of success. And just like being in the game in life in general. But I don't, my thing is, and anything that would kind of limit my... You know, my thoughts and rating on this is basically, I don't know how much of this I'm going to replay in the future. Like, especially when it's put against other great albums that were released this year and other, you know, awesome albums in his canon. This is more like, uh, you know, if these songs come on and I hear them, I'm not, you know repulse i think i think it's it's good music and i think the the length and is is proper and i think he did a good job selecting beats for this i I, you know but that is the question is just i'm at the point of my life i don't need a just be friends album i need like a ride or die album that's kind of like my analogy for this as you get older it becomes less about making friends and more about finding the one this isn't the one i think that it is good but i'm just, again i'm wondering how how is this gonna stay in you know my consciousness
1: yeah i think that's a that's a good point and I, I think the way that i grade albums in the streaming era i find usually is different like it's usually kind of like a either this album's like good it's a really big keeper but most of the albums i think are like that i think are good are just like hey this album didn't sound bad it didn't bug me it sounds good And it'll live on in kind of a streaming world where it's not like, you know, I'm rushing out to go get the vinyl or I want the deluxe edition. But this is an album that, like, I'll play it a couple times for for the next couple weeks. I don't know if I'm going to be reaching back for this album, like, this time next year.
0: I mean, it's like what you said, you know, when we reviewed, you know, Folklore. I, we need a little bit of time and I think that album is objectively incredible yeah but and, and I'm probably gonna listen to it again but this one I just kind of got that feeling where like there's no there's no this is production that is well put together the lyrics are good I'm just not i don't think I don't think i'm I'm gonna keep you know banging it year after year and i uh, maybe that's uh, a little bit too much to ask of of music but that's kind of how I view music is I want something that I can have a relationship with and songs that are okay. That's great. But you know, they're not going to really, I don't know how I'm going to rate that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I I think that's, I think that's like, that's what you should be asking for, for music. And I think, I think the music in the digital age has, feels more disposable than it's ever felt before. I think, you know, at one point you'd hear a single on the radio or whatever, and you would kind of rush out to go buy that album. And, that album you'd sit at home and you'd digest the album for you know a couple of months and that might be the only album that you got from from the artist for the year or for like two years so it had this more tangible kind of longer lasting effect because so you would kind of sit there at least for me like and i'd go through the, the booklet and try to see like you know where the album was recorded and all these like little tiny things that really didn't mean that much but that was the music that I was going to get from this artist for, you know, who, who knows how long. So I think it had a longer lasting effect on me and, and the way that I, my relation to music. I think in the streaming era, music kind of comes and goes so fast. And there's like so many albums every week by so many different artists and different genres doing different things. And, you know, the standouts are, you know, far and few between.
0: I think that's an interesting point. This idea of like what music is in the streaming era as part of its, you know, longevity and uh, and it, because music is more disposable now, especially when I mean, you know, an artist can just surprise drop uh, an entire album and it's an upload. To be honest with you, uh, it, that, that's it's it's not the it's not the same. It's not the same as like physically possessing something. Although there is something I enjoy about having it in more of this digital space, and the ability of. Um, to hear more for artists because certain artists uh you have no fucking clue when they're gonna put out more music i mean like i remember being a nine inch nails fan waiting for a long time for new uh for new nine inch nails Good old uh, Trent. yeah until they drop with teeth um tool they th- th- fucking decades tools for more wait. music yeah. yeah i know like and thankfully the music they put out is kind of dope Dre if you were waiting for another Dre album like think how long before Compton came out
1: yeah
0: like you know all the rumors
1: and the the talk between it too
0: yeah and you're just sitting there wondering when this stuff is you know is going to happen and so I do enjoy that um, you know, a little bit more about this landscape, but at the same time, I'm the same way. You know, I, you, you go to a record store, you get an album and it's like this awesome thing that you just got and you're listening to it and you have a physical relationship to it. And I think that definitely affects how we feel albums like this one, uh, last, especially against their predecessors which also were in an older way of consuming music where you got to have a relationship with it like i have a copy of Ilmatic on vinyl i've had it for a while i enjoy it uh you know so it's interesting i want to move on to the the tracks i know you were saying that when you looked at the features on paper you thought meh explain
1: so i think just on first glance i looked down and i'm like do i want to hear um Big Sean and Nas on a song together and I think my f- first answer is I don't think I really need this you know like I don't think that's like a collaboration that like I'm I'm dreaming of or a collaboration and when even when Big Sean came out or Big Sean had his number one single, I was like you know I want to hear him on a song with Nas like is that's that's something that like I'm looking for And then I see like Nas and Little Dirk, and I'm kind of like, do I want a Nas and Little Dirk song?
0: What did you think of that Nas and Little Dirk track?
1: I I thought it was good. I think it was one of the uh, like songs that like I'm not gonna be really returning to. Um, Yes, like I'm a huge Little Dirk fan. Like I've been listening to him for almost ten years at this point as well. Um, I don't really need him on a song with Nas. I'm like I'm sure that's like a kind of a thing where like if you get asked to do a song with Nas as an artist you're not turning that down so no you get it um Anderson Pack and Nas again that's another one I didn't really need and I'm a I'm a big Anderson Pack fan
0: well this is the thing with me like like I was excited about that like I didn't think that 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 song was was bad I thought it was but I'm not (sighs) I don't think what Nas does goes well with what Anderson Pack does. I think this is one of those uh, we are trying to appeal to right now kind of situations. Um, listen, Ventura was like my favorite album last year. It was it's yeah. absolutely incredible. But this, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Pack played the drums on this, so that was cool. So you know, like I, I get what you mean. It's like you know, it's kind of this like oil and water type thing when you see it on paper. Then I thought that more like. What do you feel about the Charlie Wilson, uh, like the car number 85?
1: I like car I like car 85 a lot. That sounded to me like vintage Nas. I like he's kind of just reminiscing on, like, you know, getting getting his like, the first taste of money he had and, like, you know, driving around New York. And it's just this kind of classic New York story that could really only be told by, like, a New York artist who kind of had an experience in New York at that time, you know? It's, like, reminiscent and, you know, it's just kind of like a throwback to me. And I didn't, like... Notice really charlie on it
0: i just noticed nas kind of shining this is an interesting point you brought up about new york nas is one of those artists who, and you know you listen to his albums and uh it takes you to a place like ilmatic takes you to new york you know and i believe his you know his other albums do and i think the best ones are the ones where it does that this album there's elements of that and a lot more on like is more recent previous works, which I enjoyed about it. But like, does that really kind of the, the landscape that is painted? Does that kind of, you know, you know, color how you see things?
1: Yeah. I would say between like, you know, tracks, uh, one to five, like King's disease, blue bands, like to 27 summers. I think all have that kind of like, they're all pretty boom bappy and have like this New York kind of feel. you bring, Don Tolliver and Big Sean on for Replace Me. Again, Don Tolliver is another person. Like, I'm a big fan of him. I like the stuff he's, like, done. I like his work on Jack Boys. Like, a lot of my friends are big fans of his. I don't really need to to hear him with Nas, but I also don't think that he detracted as much as I thought he he would when I saw his name on paper. So that kind of, like, the block between uh, track six and track eight, which has most of the collaborations, um, most of the features that was the kind of like little like drew me away even though Nas didn't sound bad on any of the songs and the songs they weren't super forced I think and I think that lends itself to having Hit Boy be the follow-through producer on all throughout the whole album is that there's not like a you're not getting like Stargate to produce a song that sounds like it has no place on this album
0: I think that I, I I do like that he adds that unifying factor through it right so you just don't get lost in the tracks and you kind of see like a kind of a cohesive through line. I think this idea of the King's disease and uh, excess and uh, the good parts being too much and the, and the trouble it takes to get where you're going. I love that that's kind of put all the way through it. I like that he's kind of telling that story uh, in, his, in this point of his career. What did you think of the firm reunion here?
1: i really liked it i was like i love hearing az az is one of my favorite rappers core mega at for a long period of time was my favorite rapper so yeah when him... i had,
0: when i asked you you said I, I, when we first met and i was like you know who who are you into and you're like, core mega was the the number one person you mentioned
1: yeah so like there was a long time where i just there was a long time when i got into illmatic and i think i got into it I was probably by the time i got super into it i was kind of like not listening to contemporary music is probably like eighth or ninth grade. And I was like, oh, Hey, let me just like not listen to anything that's going on in new music. And I'm only going to listen to old music because that's way better than anything new. And so I was in that little bubble of just listening to like music that was made. And like when I was like three years old and like, you know, Cormega and there's a lot of Queens, Queensbridge stuff there. There's a lot of like DJ premier produced songs. And that kind of gave me like a backbone and an appreciation for, for a lot of, a lot of kind of music. So I think to hear hear them all back together. I, I just thought Foxy's verse didn't really fit the song, I, like, compared to what everyone else is rapping about. It seemed like a little bit... Well, that's the place. one that
0: seems forced. It, yeah, it seems like they try to, like, force it in because she's got skills. Yeah, um, she's amazing. I, I think it's my favorite song on the album. I think it's really good. I love that they got the little uh, backing vocals towards the end from Aftermath CEO Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre,
1: the, the hip-hop's billionaire. And,
0: and I love that... This kind of made me go into a little bit of a firm deep dive and listen to the album again. And then also just listen to how they came together, like with Dre, and everything. it was Trackmasters as well. I got a question. I got a
1: question for you. Do you think Nature should have been on the song as well?
0: I mean, for, okay, if you're looking at the track, it being called Full Circle... And having, you know, and whatever, uh, you know, metaphor and imagery that creates as a result of that by having them all here. I think, yes, I don't, I'm not like, this track is shit because of it. And like, giving a frown because of it. It would have been nice. I don't think it's 100% necessary. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like, obviously, like, you know, like, Cormega and Nature are kind of like, you know, one replaced the other. um, and Like, kind of ended up leading to dissolution of the group. I was never a big Nature fan, being a Cormega fan, so I was like, eh, I don't really like care if he's on it or not. I think maybe it would have been kind of cool, like bring some resolution to have Nature
0: also be on it as well. To but, have the again, no beef and like firm legacy kind of just be a little bit more smoothed out.
1: Yeah, I think there's a world and like that happens, and you're kind of like, hey, like it's all cool, you know, we're all. And I think that's a lot of what they're talking about on like what I heard from like Core and Naza and um, Az's verses. It's kind of just like. A lot of maturity a lot of just talking about like the, the kind of stupid things they were doing when they were young and like you know how they're like kind of just grown up and like are treating people better now and like putting like a lot of child's childish stuff that they were rapping about before behind them and i thought it was like a lot of maturity and growth in the in the verses which i really enjoyed
0: in an interview with hot and i believe it was hot 97 in the last few days Nas was saying that basically, you know, he was talking about the idea of full circle and how having everyone together, like getting Dre out there, you know, on that and stuff, you know, was important to him. There was no real talk about any other kind of situation with the track, like that this was, in order to do this right, that this was the the lineup that they wanted to bring out.
1: Yeah, I think that makes complete sense, right? Because that's what the firm was supposed to be before like the bad blood and before anything like kind of happened, the outside factors that like led to... The Firm kind of not working out, out the, other than the one album. So I think that makes sense, right? Like that's what, what he had in mind for, for the track. So that's what, you know, they got done.
0: How does this album contrast to its predecessor, Nasir, the, uh, the Kanye West joint?
1: I actually was listening to that earlier today. And just kind of thinking of, and we'll be talking about this on on upcoming podcasts, I'm sure. I think Kanye just injected too much of himself. Into those bodies of work, and I think if you told me in 2008 or 2011 or 12 that Kanye West was going to produce a Nas album and it would be bad, like there's no way I could believe that.
0: Oh well, it made like on paper it seems like it should be it should have been the best album out of all of them.
1: Yeah, like there's like like, it just didn't work though, and it's it's also short too, right? It's like it's 26 minutes, like. How, how do you make an album that's 26 minutes with, like, one of the best MCs of all time and, like, the best producer in hip-hop of all time, and it just doesn't, like, it's not good at all. It doesn't really move the mark.
0: I know in the same interview I was just referencing before, you know, Nas was saying that this was rushed. That that was the biggest, it was short and it was rushed, you know, and they tried to, like, blast through it and get it done and that it didn't, it just didn't come together. And, I mean, if you had looked at the Summer of Good Music, as I said before, I like, I I would think that that would be, like, if you said that the Pusha T album, Kid Cudi album, and the Tiana Taylor album are going to be much better than the Kanye West album and the Nas album produced by Kanye, like, how, like, that's not, I don't feel like that's something people would entertain that seriously. But I think that Daytona or, like, Kitsy Goats are exponentially better than, like, those two albums. Like, it sounds like they were thought through, and I'm not sure, like, why that was the case.
1: Yeah, like, we'll we'll have to, like, do a deep dive into it when we do the podcast and, and kind of, like, get to... Know, yeah. What are what are the elements for it? But yeah, I think just to bring it back, I think this album kind of blows that album out of the water. I think that Hip Boy and Nas kind of made sense more as a pairing, at least in the stages of their career that they were at. I think that like, there's not going to be a, a like a way for me to go back and listen to Nasir. Like, again, like, I've listened to it a couple times now. Nothing really like, sticks out. Even, like, listening to, like, Cop Shot the Kid, which is, like, should be, like, a really good kind of protest song and, like, a song that, like, had staying power and traction because it's subject matter and it just doesn't really hold, hold the water altogether.
0: Do you think an artist like Nas kind of gets lost in, like, a good music situation?
1: I think so. I think he's... Uh, I think the other thing with Nas is he hasn't really... He's kind of so far above a lot of things that it does. He doesn't really like fit in naturally in a way where it's like kind of Jay Z, did his whole crew thing and he had Rockefeller and he was involved with State Property and Dipset. Then he kind of had Rock Nation, he had Rihanna and stuff like that. Whereas like Nas, kind of what he has, I think mass appeal now and he has, Dave East. But even like the Bravehearts before, he didn't really have anything that like other than himself and his body of work, which obviously is more than enough. He never really had kind of like a crew situation that kind of followed his his lineage he was like
0: you i'm know, wondering if that yeah I, I sorry to interrupt i was no. just, that i was just wondering if that's you know the nature of his ability and just his personality in terms of that maybe he doesn't play the greatest with others maybe he works better when he's kind of you know inside his own head
1: yeah and i, I think that makes sense too right like i think he is doing like a lot of you know his bevel and he's doing kind of startups and angel investing so he has other kind of business ventures but I think the whole idea of an artist and maybe specifically rappers having to be moguls, I don't think it's for everyone and I don't think it should be forced on everyone. And I think that was kind of like a trend for a long time. It was like, oh, if you're a rapper, you have to have like a chicken wing company or, you know, you
0: have to be doing. Yeah, we got to have a shoe deal. we yeah. got to have when you just
1: some people just want to be an artist. Yeah, like, like you know, Nas raps really, really well, like, better than like 99% of the world. He can just do that and just be good on that there hasn't been a lot of room for, you know, these artists to aid gracefully. And maybe, you know, some of it comes into the touring numbers and, like, how big the record labels are taking chunks out of them and then maybe the Napster, LimeWire era taking another chunks out. But, you know, some artists are just artists and, like, touring and rapping and doing albums, you know, that's where they, that's what they do and that's what they're good at. To have this whole ask to do...
0: It's interesting you mentioned the idea of, um, you know, being able to age gracefully. I think part of that, too, is the combative nature of hip-hop. So, you know, if you're the person who kind of just wants to make albums and, you know, just kind of do, you know, and do your thing, work at your own pace and all that kind of stuff, it's like if you're not bringing in uh, fucking 100 bands every friggin' day, you know, it's like they start to look at it like, so, you know, where's your sneaker deal? Where's your this? Where's your that and I think that some people don't necessarily want to buy into that and I'm wondering just like how that is for older artists who you know I want to take a more low-key approach but then you have this almost survival of the fittest uh, mentality you know among rappers because it is combative and uh, like I wonder how that affects your ability to kind of pick and choose your artistic statements in the later part of your career
1: yeah no I think that's a really good question because like you have another legendary MC like LL Cool J he kind of transitioned to rap to acting and hosting and doing a slew of other things in that way and then obviously Nas' main competition for a long time was Jay-Z and Jay-Z's obviously been very successful in all, in a lot of his business ventures and you know his branding like making sure he had like a champagne company or he had Armadale Vodka for a long time and Rock and you know a lot, all these different branches and then you have kind of him and Nas being like compared to each other as rivals. So I think that kind of puts pressure on you, right? Because then the whole thing is, oh, well, this is what my equal or rival is doing. How do I tap into some of these same things? And I think that that's like, it's undue pressure. But then it's also like, if he gets on wax, he starts talking about, you know, his bank account versus my bank account, then like, how do I rebuttal?
0: I I think it's one of those things where that rivalry unfairly painted uh, Nas's career, because I don't think they're the same. You know, I I don't think they're the same thing. I don't think they have the same ambitions. I think if you're going pound for pound, spitter versus spitter, uh, you know, poet versus poet, Nas is significantly superior to Jay-Z uh, in that sense. But, I mean, Jay-Z is, has made all these really great records, but Jay-Z's a great collaborator, you know what I mean? Like, it's where you start getting to this idea of almost someone like an artistic director. I think not to the level of, like someone like Kanye West is, but... I, I think it's a different idea. Where do you think this stands in the Nas pantheon? Where do you think this is in, you know, in his, his discography in terms of quality, uh, memorability, you know, that kind of thing?
1: That's a good question. Um, I, I think it's a little bit fresh for me to like, because I haven't had time to like sit with it uh, compared to everything else. I mean, of his like later half of his career, I think this is up there. But I think that another album that got slept on a lot is life is good. And I think life is good is a great album for an older artist to make. It he touches on his relationship, not working out. He touches on, you know, a lot of same themes that Jay Z kind of addressed in four, 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 but to obviously, I think Jay Z got a lot more acclaim than Nas did for life is good. And I think life is good. is a little bit slept on and a little bit underappreciated in what he was doing and, and, the themes he was talking, uh, speaking on, and um, the point in his career that it came, and the reflectiveness on it. But also, I think you also have to put um, collaboration with Damien Marley. I think was another like fantastic piece of work. Oh, what was that? Distant relatives. I think it was. called? Distant relatives. Yeah, and I think that. There's some like, good tracks man, on that. there's a lot of good songs on that. I think for a long time people have been calling for uh, Rick Ross to A and R a record for Nas because they're collaborations together and because of Rick Ross's Ear for Beats and I think that's an album that I'd still want to hear after this have, after hearing this
0: yeah I think that's a, actually kind of an interesting thought because Rick Ross's Ear for Beats are fantastic I mean like I don't know like he's his albums are good his features are good most of the tracks he's on have really 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 sick beats uh, deep bass really really sound great I know I'd like to see you know Nas work on that kind of situation
1: I, do, do you think this album was not rushed but do you think this album was put out because of the reaction to nausea
0: i think uh an artist like him always gets that uh itch to scratch if you will um when something like that happens because you know i mean like if you think of his legacy if he's dropping an album like nasir and it just didn't come out right it's different if you think that you put out an amazing album and then people just don't like it i mean at some point you have to just take an l but i think with this it's just you know it was rushed along and of course it is because it's being that's kind of what i you know what i meant when i was asking about does it get lost in the you know good music thing in that you know i i think nas needs a little bit more attention and his albums are a little bit more personal and this is another thing too because i mean no you'd mentioned jay-z how he got more acclaim for 444 um i think that's a lot because so high profile but also he is simultaneously very open about his personal life and history, also simultaneously very tight-lipped about it when it comes to Beyonce or you know and specific references to her. So I think four 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 had this like very you know vain, opened, um, revealing um, kind of situation that people kind of drew to, whereas Nas I feel like has always kind of wore his heart on his sleeve. Whether he's talking about mortality right away at the age of 18, you know, to what it's like to be older in the hip hop industry and fighting for things when you're younger and also but like see that you're not making all the gains you want in regards to civil rights and things like that. And the way America treats black people, I think that I I, I think that you have to give it to him like you were saying for an album like uh life is good but i think just because of the whole uh, in comparison and the the lack and jay-z being higher profile it, it resulted in him getting a lot more acclaim for it
1: i guess two at the time i don't really want to know about the elevator
0: well this is the thing too like a jay-z thing is a tmz thing you know what i mean a Nas thing isn't a tmz thing so it's like immediately you get people like as i said there's no bad publicity I think but
1: on this album, supposedly, I, I didn't really hear exactly what the references were. And I, I was looking for them, but there's references to maybe a relationship with Nicki Minaj on, on this album that he speaks about. And I think, I don't know if he's still kind of is alluding to the Klee situation because that thing had flared up like a, a number of times over between um, Life is Good and, and this album. Mm-hmm. So I think Nas still has some of these kind of lines and, and I think there's some stuff he addresses about past relationships on this. But I think Nas has some of those kind of similar elements. But I think also Nas has a different profile and a different, like, he carries himself in a bit of a different way. It kind of reflects on how people treat him and how people kind of reflect on him and remember him. And I think that, like, I think people have to appreciate him while he's here and while he's giving us, like, you know, consistent bodies of work, too. Because I think there's certain artists like Nas who has this... I wouldn't say he has like a bad discography, but I think people don't really appreciate his discography because of like what we talked about at the beginning with Illmatic and stuff like that. But there's been a lot of really good bodies of work in there.
0: I mean, obviously Illmatic, but I love It Was Written. Um, I enjoy God's Son, and I love Stillmatic as well. Uh, Actually, the song One Mic Off, Stillmatic, is one of my favorite Nas tracks. It's just very intense, and I think he just... um, um, It harnesses his... You know, political beliefs, intensity and rage, but it's like quiet at the same time. The way he uses dynamics, it's just very, 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 you know, it's incredible. And I think that he doesn't get a lot of credit for, you know, as you were saying, he doesn't lot of get a credit for being around. And like, again, this is kind of why we asked the question right off the bat is, you know, about, you know, standing in the shadow of Illmatic because... It was written, sold a lot of like it sold. It was the best-selling album. Uh, Stillmatic is, I think, incredible. What's your thoughts on Stillmatic?
1: I really like Stillmatic. Like I think there's like a some controversial takes of people or will say like you know it was written might be better than Illmatic or Stillmatic might be better. Um, I'm not one of those people, but I do think Stillmatic is really good and it really holds a place for me. But I also I think at the time I really liked Untitled. I think Untitled. Like obviously it had its naming controversy, but I think it it for being a new Nas album in 2008, I thought it was pretty good, especially coming off of "Hip Hop Is Dead," which I didn't really enjoy as much.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're right. I think people have to look at this and okay, look at something like Ghostface Killer. There is certified classic Ghostface Killer records, you know what I mean? But look at after Fish Scale, his stuff he's put out isn't really good. But look at the quality that Nas has put out. I mean, like we're going to review this album as we're going to review it, but it's only because his the top of his discography is so is is heavy. You know what I mean? Like Illmatic, it was written and stillmatic are incredible albums, and I think that to go with you, you know, to to add to what you were saying that the fact that he's there producing al work that's still worthwhile, people have to take stock of that. And I think that people don't realize that. They don't think about it. Did, did you listen to um, last year's uh, The Lost Tapes 2? I have listened to a little bit of it. I was actually revisiting it again. Um, I was actually revisiting it again in preparation for this. Uh, there's some good tracks on it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought so too. I think that like people heard that like, Giro of rap, where it was like a scat rap song, and like I remember the kind of immediate reaction was like, What is this? This is like weird. This is like, you know, like in the same way that like Kanye put out that weird scat song. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some good stuff on there, and he had like Frank, Frank Ocean, and that's you know, he had he had uh Kanye on there as well, and he had like a song that with Hip Boy that kind of like ended up getting I think tossed off of it. So I wonder if that's kind of like what the started their kind of working relationship
0: i i like i i would be very interested to hear them continuing because if they're i mean i think he adds a cohesion that nas hasn't always had on his especially you know over the last you know decade so i would i mean i would really like to see this continue into 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 something else because i feel like there's still good music out there for you know him to put together and i mean at what point do you think an artist can't hack it anymore you know what i mean i'm not saying nas is there i'm not i don't i don't believe that in uh, in any stretch of the imagination but like i imagine it's difficult
1: i think i think so too and there's there's a part of me that's like i don't think this is nas's like new classic but i think he might have another classic record in him and maybe, maybe life is good is like you now as close as a little get, But I think there's still maybe one more album that I would like to hear out of him. And I think this kind of comes close and touches like you know in some of the same realms. And maybe with time, it'll grow on me more. But I think he still has another really good album in him, and I'd like to see it like kind of come to fruition.
0: I think, given the climate with the world, and you know. Especially, you know, race relations and economic, you know, relations with the government and the black community. I think there's a lot more to say from him. And I think an artist like him can be important for these times. Because he's able to articulate things the way other artists aren't able to articulate things. And uh, and at a level, other artists aren't able to articulate things. So... I want to like I kind of want to see another thing come out. I like I I definitely think he needs to stay with the one producer model. Didn't work on Nestier, worked on this one and it really, really, really focus on the creation of the album. And I think that's what I like about, that's one thing I do like about this is it's an album. It's a, uh, it's not just a collection of tracks kind of ramshackly thrown together. You know, like the the, the cohesion issues aren't like what ever gets triggered in my head with this. Um, I think the first time I listened to it through, I wasn't too keen on it. But then as I started listening to it more and really, really, you know, like throwing those headphones on and just, taking it in and and listening to the words that are coming you know in through the music i think that there is so much more he can add um given our situation that i would love to see him get an opportunity to do that i also think that this is one thing that's good with these you know with a more frequent release model is that you kind of get the opportunity to play around a bit more you know what i mean so I'm hoping that what you're saying is true. I believe it's 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 true. I I just think that, you know, he's just he's just you gotta get that lightning in a bottle again. Um, one thing I, I you know as as we kind of get to the end here, what, you know, what phase is he in his career? You know, I I feel this album has uh almost like. Big brother mentor type vibe in this whole idea, playing with you know excess and such, and, and, and what uh, and the king's disease, and, 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 and what's necessary for taking care of yourself as an artist. Like, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I would say like that ethos is very present on this album, but I think there's something maybe a bit insular about Nas's reflection, Like, it feels very of self, and there's like lessons to be learned from it. And you know he's touching on a lot of topics a lot of times, but he does it from a place of self-reflection, um, and I think that's you know something special about him. But I think it maybe also kind of insulates his outreach, and I think it maybe speaks to you know his output as an artist is that it's very personal in a in an inward-looking way. And I think, yeah, he's definitely, you know, towards, like, the latter half of his career. I don't imagine that he's going to do, like, you know, when touring kind of opens back up. I don't imagine he's going to be on these huge runs. But I-, I could see him, like, you know, popping out for, like, you know, the big festivals or, you know, whatever. These kind of, like, one-off shows. I'd like to see him maybe do some small rooms again. Like, some small, kind of, like, more intimate sets. I think that would be really I'm interesting, cool just me.
0: interested to see how that would manifest itself. Because I, I think that's, like, you know, comparing to Jay-Z, Jay-Z is kind of a big arena rapper now, but I, I think there is a, nat- you know, the nature of his music lends itself to, you know, a little bit more of a close-up situation where you're... You know what it is? Like, whenever, like, things like Hate Me Now, like, I hate that track, okay? Everyone's... <laughs> people, will, people will get up on me. I don't like... Uh, I don't like the diddy of music. Um, obviously, Diddy contributed to greatly to hip-hop. I mean, I love Notorious B.I.G., all that. But I think that... Um, You're saying
1: you, I, 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 you want the producer all on the video? I just don't want the, the producer
0: all up... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want the fucking producer all up in the video, come to death row. Um, but it's more that I don't, I don't need... I don't associate things getting bigger with always them being good. Like, I don't think that everything that I think that production value is one thing, but this idea of grandeur and, you know, like doing what we talked about with Kanye West, you know, with his tours, you know, I I don't think that's necessarily a thing. I think a push towards intimacy and, and that, like, I, I I think that's kind of what I want to see Nas do. I want to see what he does with that from a, you know, communication standpoint and from an artistic standpoint. I think that. The pr- I-, I think it goes back again in terms of it's difficult if you don't um, kind of coincide with what's going on and like, you know, the culture of hip hop. And if you want to kind of be, you know, your own person, you know, I think some people can do it. I think someone like Saul Williams can do it. Um, it could be their own, but like they're giving up a certain amount of mainstream success for artistic um exploration which I respect and I think is interesting um but I, I I want I would like to see him play more with that you know I would like to see him playing to like a small a smaller room and then the just the music is incredible yeah and it, it's intense and it's minimalistic and that kind of thing so
1: when Nas has like 12 12 albums in his discography not including like the lost tapes and stuff would you put this in your top five?
0: i literally have my top three written here illmatic it was written godson honorable mention to still um i'm like st- wondering about it against like there's a few tracks off hip-hop is dead that is good i hate nostradamus people can at me about that i don't care um i also was like does he have to keep using the same album cover style <laughs> it's just getting more ridiculous like one like it was written it, it was written as the one where he's like toot common yeah yeah yes and then all of a sudden like nostradamus he's got like a hood on I'm yeah. like, okay i'm like calm down we get it um we get it uh fucking just it's but you know what it looks like it looks like someone kept photoshopping the original cover the cover for still for illmatic just like i like going and going yeah yeah it's like oh it's uh. anyways that's a whole other thing um i'm gonna say right off the bat I but I I like I feel like I need more time to think about that and observe that. Um I kind of still like hip hop is dead. Yeah. In the as the fifth um also that was kind of like my I feel like when okay so the actual track off the extended version of that album uh hip hop is dead with Will I Am which um I think that that was like pump up music for me in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh when I was cooking so that we had like blaring I remember like in the morning I'd be, you know, prepping by myself, uh, just blaring that the um, the hairdressers that were next door would always call and be like, you guys are too fucking loud, because I'm wilding out to that shit. Um, so, I mean, I think I have that emotional attach- attachment to that album. I don't necessarily think it's the greatest. I think after um, Still, like, for my top four, I think after Stillmatic, um, it drops off quite a bit. So... Like I'm more inclined to like like the album by firm uh the firm um so like like when it comes to like nas stuff so i i i'm gonna say no right now, but still pending uh what about you
1: yeah, I'd say like I'd probably have like a similar top three as you, maybe i don't know i might go illmatic it was written uh stillmatic god's son, and then I think if i'm going later, I might put life' as good as is- four or five and then you know this one might be like top six or seven i think
0: yeah i I definitely don't think it's at the back end of his catalog but i mean again people underestimate i feel like somehow he has one of the best albums and like you were saying he has one of the best albums in hip hop history but he's still somehow underrated um because he wasn't able to hit that height again or come close to it I mean, overall, like, to get into, like, the rating, you know, I I have this as a 6.5 of COGS on the patent Mine refinery album evaluation system. I think that the reason for that is, is I can't debate, I'm debating whether or not it's getting into that top five, like you were saying, and Illmatic is a 10. It was written as higher, uh, like, I would rate those higher. I don't, wouldn't put any of them near as high as Illmatic, but it's you're judging it against it's it's predecessors
1: yeah you can only really like hold his body of work to his body of work so yeah i would say on the pe- uh, the minor refinery rating system i'm going to give it about 6.5 cogs as well um i think there's something maybe lacking here um to just kind of take it over the edge and i think there's a lot of really good work good lyricism a lot of like what I love about Nas is represented here, but I think I'm I'm looking for just a little bit more to kind of add this higher and rank it higher in Nas's uh
0: pantheon of of albums. On that note, Coburn Blair, thank you for joining us and uh we will see you next time.